You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. And I have Carlos Olguin. He's the uh, co-founder and CEO of Logic Inc. And the website is logic.ink. So, uh, Carlos, thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, so tell me, what's the premise of uh, Logic Inc.? So at any point in time, we are constantly uh, experiencing a range of conditions, whether in our body or in our environment. And many times these conditions can have a tremendous effect on our health, yet for the most part today, they, they remain disconnected from our actions and behaviors. So that is the opportunity we're trying to address at Logic Inc. And by doing it, we are differentiating ourselves from the current state of wearables. So if you think of wearables today, you think about um, bulky electronic uh, gadgets strapped to your bodies. 24 by 7, uh, they tend to be ex- expensive, they tend to have a, a, a high learning curve, and invariably they require yet another device like your phone or, or your computer to be operated. All this creates uh, an impractical or unaffordable uh, multi-sensing wearable experience for many people, yet many people still want to learn what's going on in their in their bodies or, or, or in, their, in, in their environment to, to be able to, to live a healthier and longer life. So, so in, a, in a sense, that is what we're shooting for. We want to expand the demographic of who, were, who wears wearables today um, by embracing you know, ongoing cultural conversations like people wearing tattoos um, or by making sure that um, you know, not just geeks like myself can wear a wearable, but you know, children can wear them too, or the elderly or moms who care about their children. So, so again, that's what we're trying to do at Logic Inc. So have you created a new wearable that's different from the ones out there, or is it more of an educational play, or is it helping people to integrate with wearables? I mean, what's the strategy? Yeah, so the form factor uh, is of a, of a tattoo or a tattoo-like device that is um, totally non-invasive and different from electronic wearables, instead of um, being programmed with uh, electronics, it still has a user interface like, like a wearable does, 
you know, it mimics things like energy bars or activity rings on your Apple Watch. Um, but all those displays are being programmed with chemistry or biology. Um, and by doing so, they they have all these benefits that I just uh, described as, as challenges in the current state of wearables, meaning they're amazingly slim, um, they're amazingly easy to understand, they can be highly customizable, they can be whatever you want, like a, like a tattoo, um, and they're there on your skin dynamically fluctuating, you know, to indicate uh, a condition of, of, of alert about, again, your body, like uh, hydration levels or <clears throat> how much alcohol you drank or eventually, you know, glucose or in the environment, like uh, pollution levels around you, which is very relevant here in the Bay Area where, where we are based, or uh, if you had too much sun for the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So these are the things that the wearable will be able to sense at some point in the future. But right now, do you have a product that's actually in use or is it at the concept stage? So we have shipped about 25,000 units of Logic Inc. UV, which is our first product to market. It has uh, two displays. Uh, it has um, an inner ring that lets you know of the intensity, the real-time intensity of UV rays around you. Um, and, and then we also have an outer ring in that same display that uh, gradually changes color in a clockwise fashion. And when it reaches the end, it tells you that someone with sensitive skin had enough sun for the day. This is based on data sets from the World Health Organization um, <laughs> that measure that point in time when someone starts to have a sunburn because of the effects of the UV radiation. So we, we, calibrate, we calibrate the alert to half that level. Um, as you can imagine, I mean, I, I don't know, you know how much you know, but uh, UV radiation is, a, is, a, is an important source of uh, health concern, at least here in the U.S. and, and in other countries. One in five Americans will develop skin cancer within their lifetime. And also from a, oh. from a cosmetic angle, um, you may know that 90% uh, of all skin aging is due to UV radiation. This is according to the Skin Cancer Foundation. So those are important, you know, value propositions for being more aware of your exposure and being able to control it, whether by adding sunscreen, which, by the way, the device is able to interact with sunscreen, or by seeking shade or by adding more layers, but eventually introducing healthy habits in people's minds and in children and the next generation while having that feedback loop that today is invisible until it's too late um, and, and, you know, guiding your actions. So is it a, uh, the current UV sensor, is it a tattoo, like a temporary tattoo you put on the skin, or what does it look like? Yeah, you apply it like a temporary tattoo without the need for water. So you, you remove a cover, you flip the card, you press it on your skin, then you remove the card, and the tattoo remains on your skin. It's truly more like a very thin sticker, but it, it feels and looks like a, like a temporary tattoo. Hmm, okay. So it tells you how much uh, UV radiation is in your current area. So I, I guess you want to put this like what on the back of your hand or where's a good place to put it on your body? You can put it wherever it's sun exposed. Uh, so if you go on to the beach, you can, you know, we've seen moms put it on the back of <coughs> their children. Uh, it's, it's more about, you know, what's the use case. But let's say if you're going, uh, it's a, if it's more of a daily use, you can put it on the back of your hand. Like you said, that's, that's, that is a good proxy for exposure elsewhere, like on your face, according to research. 
So, it, so it's got two concentric rings. You said the inner one tells you how much UV radiation you're getting. And does it have, um, at certain points along the ring, does it tell you, like, low danger, high danger, you know, leave the sun immediately? Or you just have to look at the color and it tells you, like, according to a chart, what to do? Yeah, that's a great question. So, no, there's no chart. The, the tattoo is the UI itself. You know, it, it works in this disconnected state, if you will. And and it can be exactly like what you're saying. You know, there's a little, there's that ring, uh, like a clock, you know, that is moving clockwise, like I was mentioning. So we can we can add those those elements of, you know, it's getting more dangerous or not beyond, you know, you're just seeing the clock moving. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the the design is highly arbitrary. So so maybe one day we will explicitly make those words appear. That's that's one of the benefits of the form factor we're doing. We're working on, you know, we're programming again all this with chemistry in this case to be able to show whatever we want to show. For now, we decided to just play it more um, discreet uh, and and make sure that you know it's something that once you know how it works, uh, it you you will remember. So we don't need to add. Uh, labels, um, but again, it, it can be whatever it needs to be. Uh, in the future, we may focus on uh, version for children only, right? So it will be something that children will be very excited about. For now, we just want to make sure that children also like it as as, as much as their moms. You said the outer ring is what it's tied to a uh, a recommendation level for UV throughout the whole day, or what is? Yeah, more through, about UV throughout the whole day. Sorry. Yeah. So, the, so the inner one is uh, at any moment, if you're exposed to too much UV, it's like an acute sensor and the other one's a more of a chronic or a whole day exposure sensor. Yeah, cumulative. One is cumulative, uh, meaning it's, it's not reversible. The outer ring, you know, never goes back. Um, and the inner ring is real time. And like you said, it's acute and just telling you um, if there's what's the current intensity of the sun in a very qualitative manner. So that means, for example, that if you apply sunscreen on your body and on the device, well, then the inner ring will immediately dim um, based on the strength of that sunscreen. So if you're using a low SPF, you will still see the inner ring light up. And then the outer ring, you know, if you think about it as a clock, again, well, that clock will, will go slower um, based on the strength of the, of the sunscreen. And then when the sunscreen wears off, then the inner ring will fully light up again letting you know that it's time to reapply and the and the outer ring will just move fast um does that make sense yeah no it makes sense it's really interesting so what um what gets most people in trouble you said one in five will develop skin cancer is it because they'll have several acute episodes that damage their skin or is it uh over time it'll slowly damage their skin and they'll build up to a point where uh you know they the skin turns cancerous so there are many reasons why one uh, develops skin cancer, and there are many kinds of skin cancer. But um, but what we've seen based on research um, done is that um, the cumulative effects uh, of sun exposure, especially in childhood, can have a tremendous effect down the road as as you become um, an adult, and then later as you as you grow older um, is when is when many people start to see these 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 problems that can can result in in a type of cancer that can be uh, you know if detected early can be can be uh, solved adequately uh, and and sometimes it's, it's more difficult. So in our case, what we are looking to do is to empower people to give them that 
visual feedback loop of both the real-time exposure, which you can claim, you know, is more obvious, but at the same time, you know, even in a cloudy day, you're getting sun exposure, um, but also the cumulative effect, not just in one day, but across days. Uh, we're building an app. I, I didn't mention this. That app is able to um, record, even though we're saying we don't need gadgets, we, we definitely don't want you to use it unless you want to. But let's say at the end of the day, you couple the app, the mobile app to the tattoo, and then you record your exposure for that day. And then let's say in a week or in a month uh, of using um, Logic Inc., we, we would be able to say things like, uh, you know, people who've been exposed to this much exposure of radiation um, fall under this risk bracket, and, you know, these are the things that they can do, et cetera. So we're not a medical device, so we need to be careful about the language we use. And we can give value to people using our uh, using Logic Inc. Uh, in these ways. Yeah, and you could tell them like this month you had like three acute episodes where you were exposed to you know too much UV, and then one you know this one Saturday you uh, you went 20% over like your recommended daily intake of UV, so you could show people that data, and then they could take action on it or not. Yeah, we can we can uh, you know word the the, the coaching and in, in the right way. To, to convey the right information. And yeah, people can take action, you know, can take action in different ways. You know, sometimes they need to upgrade their, their sunscreen or they need to apply more or they need to use it, just just use it because they never use it. Or sometimes, and this is somewhat of a debate, you know, a controversial point, but I will mention it. Sometimes it's good to get sun exposure too. Um, this, is, this is still not fully um, accepted by uh, agencies, especially here in the in the U.S., that um, do not recommend by any means to get sun exposure as a way to get um, synthesis of vitamin D, and instead recommend um, that one should take uh, vitamin D supplements to be able to uh, have a, a, a balanced um, intake of vitamin D or, or synthesis mm-hmm. of vitamin D. Um, but there's also research that is that is coming up and and and, and peer-reviewed uh, literature that says that actually sun exposure is really good because not only um, it synthesizes vitamin D, but it also uh, synthesizes uh, other uh, molecules, proteins, etc., that help have a, a healthier life. Um, so it's a balance. It's not just about you wearing sunscreen all day and not having any sun exposure. This is still, you know, again, a controversial point, but with a device like Logic Inc., you know, it's not only telling you when you reach, uh, uh, when you're about to reach a dangerous limit, but the fact that you're seeing that you're getting sun exposure, it's also a positive signal within limits. Okay. All right. Um, so what's next? The UV device is up and running. You've shipped it a bunch of times. What, what's like the next uh, one or two things that you want to create in terms of the wearable? Yeah, there are a number of sensors that we've developed uh, already uh, in a proof of concept stage. We've developed uh, pollution, a pollution sensor. We've developed, it, it, just to be more clear, by pollution, I mean PM 2.5 or fine particulate matter of 2.5 microns in diameter or less in a specific kind of PM 2.5 that is very common in highly polluted cities. Uh, we've also uh, developed uh, an alcohol sensor, fully funded uh, now by NIH, National Institutes of Health. Uh, and we are also in the midst of developing other sensors that relate to sports and wellness. 
um, or that can have an effect on the health of your skin. So that includes hydration or the hydration of your skin or, or other uh, related conditions. So in terms of what we productize next, uh, you know, we still need to, you know, we're still working on that and we'll make an announcement soon. But we are excited that, you know, UV is just the first sensor in that, in that uh, roadmap. And uh, we're, we're getting the necessary traction, whether by creating the right partnerships or getting the right type of investors or starting to see this customer traction with UV to be able to grow beyond UV and be able to say things like, you know, people who care about UV today, there's an overlapping customer that also cares a lot about hydration. So that could be a potential next sensor, you know, to, to give you an idea what could be next. Hmm. Um, are you going by, I mean, what, how are you gauging what to, uh, is it going to be more for like to protect kids? You know, is that why UV and that why hydration or the elderly, or is it, is there something else driving, you know, your decision to now go to look at hydration after UV? Yeah, we, we wouldn't focus only on kids today. Uh, if anything, we have noticed that um, moms are as concerned about their kids as they are about themselves. <laughs> so it's a bit, it's a, it's a slightly larger demographic. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're still an early stage startup. We, it's true that we are shipping UV. Uh, we still need to fully scale the manufacturing of UV. So we still have some work to do on UV. And, um, and then as we, as we scale, we need to be as focused as we can. You know, this example that I mentioned, people who care about UV, uh, many of them also care about their hydration levels, you know, whether it's in a context of, um, of just not drinking enough water, but they're you know, they're just regular people, or in the context of uh, these might be athletes that uh, need to stay hydrated, not not over or under hydrated, but hydrated at the right levels. So those are directions that we're still exploring. We're still seeing, you know, where can we grow the most and stay focused uh, along a vector of sensors that all together make sense. We've done a lot of proof of concepts today. Some of them, again, funded by, by the government here in the U.S. Some of them funded by Fortune 50 companies or Fortune 100 companies. So that, those are great indicators for us to learn what the next sensor to productize next. Well, what about a hierarchy of the most difficult ones to the easiest ones? You know, is that figured into your calculation? Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a factor. So what you're asking about is a, is a technology risk roadmap. So that is definitely important to us. So if you think about UV, uh, UV is not sensing any physical analytes, it's sensing radiation. So from that perspective, <coughs> it's, um, it has less challenges. Um, I would say, you know, to be very uh, transparent with you, the, the inner ring that tells you the real-time exposure of UV, it's, it's admittedly not novel in general, but only in the specific design and form factor that we created. But the combination with the cumulative uh, aspect of it, which is novel, makes it a, a more unique and, and easy to use product. But still, you know, you're not sensing, uh, as I said, physical analytes. You're not sensing uh, from a specific skin. You're sensing from the environment. So if you go along that roadmap, then you start to sense physical analytes from the environment, right? So you can start to send, send uh, pollutants for example, like PM 2.5 or allergenic pollen, for example. And those are still physical analytes that uh, 
are not, uh, you know, coming from your body. So somehow that is uh, a less complex task, but still you need to deal with new aspects like uh, how do you amplify a nanogram of uh, external environmental analyte all the way so that anybody without additional instrumentation can see it with the naked eye. That is a huge task that we've been able to accomplish, um, but yet you're not sensing from your body. And then along that path, the, the holy grail, if you will, is sense biomarkers from your body. And that is more challenging because now you're dealing with inter and intra subject variability. What that really means is that, you know, everybody secretes a certain analyte, tends to secrete it in different ways. Uh, you know, what, what you mean by hydration is, is, is highly relative, you know, to, to that person, not only to that person, but that point in time in the day of that person. So those become more complex challenges. Luckily, we've been able to um, deliver uh, uh, functional prototypes along those lines. We delivered an alcohol sensor that was fully validated by NIH. That meant that subjects that the NIH, uh, uh, you know, brought in, try the alcohol sensors, so they have to get a little bit drunk, we presume, you know, like we did for, <laughs> for research purposes. Uh, so we're happy about the direction we go, but, but you need to couple that technology risk roadmap to a business risk roadmap. And you want to find that balance, you know, how do we stay focused, like I said before, within a single or a market, ideally, so that people who care about UV, care about hydration, maybe also care about pollution because it affects your skin or, you know, those, those are elements we're still figuring out, but we have a first product to market and we can't wait to announce the second one soon. Yeah, that's great. When are you going to announce your second one? What's the timetable approximately? So sometime in uh, mid-2019, we should be very close to, to sharing what that next sensor is. Okay. And what, what is, what's like the holy grail for you guys? Is it a particular type of sensor or is it one that has, you know, uh, seven different things in it? Like what does that look like for you? That would be like, you'd be so happy that you were able to make an amazing product. The holy grail for, for us is when we create a critical mass of sensors so that uh, anybody, you know, can come to our site. And basically, you know, whether it's based on what the doctor is prescribing to you or your own preferences, you're just going to be dragging, you know, the different sensors that you care about whether it's ketones or glucose or hydration or pollution. And in this very simple interface, you're just going to be dragging them to different aspects of a fully customized tattoo that you chose. Maybe you uploaded it. Maybe you chose it from a gallery that we showed you. And, uh, and associate with different aspects, different design elements of that tattoo. And by doing so, um, only you will know what that means unless unless you want to you know share it with the world, but it's your choice um, so you can share it with the world that you're drinking a lot of alcohol if that's your preference uh, or you are in a date, for example, and you just want to look the back of your wrist and make sure that you're below the UI even though uh, maybe the person you're dating is you know three times your weight and is drinking the same as you and probably doesn't have the same effects of drinking the same as you as, as in your body. So, so it's all about self-empowering, uh, not about being, you know, big brother. It's about self-empowering and, and giving that awareness to people so they can adjust their lifestyle choices 
to live a, a healthier and longer life. And that is the end state we want to reach. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Huh. Well, I mean, I think it's a great future for these kind of devices. Um, very interesting. Well, yeah, go to, what's the best way for people to uh, to order the UV tattoo if they want it and to find out more about the company? Yeah, like you mentioned the URL already, and the, they can go to logic.ink and and they so l o g i c dot i n k and uh, you know we're we're running batches almost every month now so the next the next production batch is on February 28th and uh, if they order now they should be able to get their tattoo um, around that time you know starting to be shipped and then also there we we will be showing you know what the next sensors will be um, maybe it's going to be more than one at the same time. Um, but we also want your feedback. You know, we want everybody's feedback. And this is we, we we think of what we're doing almost like a movement where where you know there's a bigger population out there that is not just um, you know the intersection of geeks and 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 health awareness. Um, and in that way, we we want to hear from from them from you um, how to keep growing in a way that uh, people feel. You know that they're just going around their lives. That you know they're 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 free. It's it's a liberating experience. Uh, you're not looking at your phone at all times. Your your identity remains within you, uh, on mm. you. Uh, we we we're expanding. You know we're just expanding in a way the bandwidth of of what it means to be you. You know by by giving this additional information on you, extending why people wear tattoos. You know self expression adding elements that you feel you want to add when you want that to happen. That's, that's what we want to keep, you know, growing and, and learning from, from that bigger yeah. population out there. I just had the idea. It'd be funny if you had a sticker that was an eye and you slapped it on your forehead for like a third eye, you know, <clears throat> and it could see things, let's say in infrared or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It would alert you to certain things, but um I know that's yeah, silly. if that's what you but, wanted, you you should be able to have that uh, at some point, uh, you know, from from us. Not now, <laughs> but eventually. Gotcha. Uh, oh, last thing: are they uh, are these stickers disposable, or do you put it on and then you take it off and clean it and keep it for a long time, or is it you know, like what's the model? Is it you get a whole box of cheap stickers to put on, or is it expensive and you can't make it cheap, so you got to keep the sticker carefully uh, preserved? I wish I could uh, answer this better, but unfortunately, right now our cost uh, our cost of manufacturing is is still very high, so they are expensive and they are disposable. So um, they cost around uh, almost four dollars per unit today when you buy them in a pack of ten, um, and uh, and then when you buy on a subscription basis, they, they we lower the price even below our cost right now to one point five dollars per unit. Our goal is to be able to just keep increasing manufacturing capacity so we can keep lowering our, our, our costs and, you know, make this for, for everyone. We are admittedly targeting right now to our early adopters or people who, you know, can afford it and, and are happy to try it. But again, we, it, it's, a, it's a strong focus of us to just keep reducing the price. Um, they are disposable. I think that's a good thing uh, that they are disposable. You can, you know, you can change them very easily. Um, anything in contact with your skin is medically graded. That's also important to, to say. We are sourcing that, so we're not making what's directly in contact with your skin. So it would be FDA regulated um, and things of that sort. In fact, you know, just to give you an idea, the adhesive we're using 
that is in contact with your skin is normally used for wound dressing or, or for eye patches. So um, we want to make sure this is first and foremost safe um, and giving you meaningful information. And then over time, uh, keep making it uh, more affordable for everyone. And, and for now, we're just excited that we're seeing people come in and, you know, try it out. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Carlos, this is a super interesting idea. So uh, looking forward to seeing how it progresses. And, you know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you, Rich, for your time. And I hope this was interesting to you. Yes, definitely. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.